0: Coke or a Bud Light for, I think, $11. Okay. It's actually a good deal. All it right. is a good deal. Yeah, it is. Let me get to the menu. Alright,
1: dope. Yeah, I mean, obviously we could get any yeah. apps or whatever, but...
0: Anything you want. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll
1: wait to talk about Outback when you start, but... Um, I just started
0: recording. He was a oh, special,
1: so i like, like, I gotta know this. For $11, you get all that, and um, I do come here alone sometimes, <laughs> which my, fi- my friend Dave was like, uh, Dude, if I was ever at Outback in the middle of a Wednesday afternoon by myself, something's gone horribly wrong. <laughs> like, my, my fiancé has left me, but I I consider it a treat. This is a
0: treat Okay, so, uh, hey guys, welcome to Person About Town. Uh, we are now presented by the Women in Comedy Festival, so check them out. Uh, we're here with a guest in a new city and a new location, so they're going to tell you who they are and where we are. Okay, I'm Soreen Choksi, and we're here at Outback Steakhouse. Uh
1: in none other than New York City. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what a what a terrible place to take you.
0: Okay, but you clearly like this place. When, do you remember the first time you ever came here? I I think as a kid. Uh, I don't know when. Maybe
1: like when I was um, a young adolescent. I think we started coming out back every now and then, like um, friends. You know, like family friends, and um, it's and then like. Kind of uh, in college, me and some c- close friends, we would like have like Outback, like an Outback night. Yeah. Then also when I was in Chicago, um, I some of my, my Chicago stand-up friends really like going Outback every now and then. Interesting. And uh, I have dragged my girlfriend here a decent <laughs> amount of times now in New York. And uh, it is weird that I like coming here. Because <laughs> it, it is kind of like against... It's against some of the things that I do believe in. What do you mean? Uh, I mean, it's like a, you know, lame corporate franchise. (laughs) Like I don't like TGI Fridays. I don't like Bennigans. I don't like Applebee's. I don't care about any of them. But I do like coming to Outback.
0: What is the distinct? Like, what is the distinction that exists nothing. for me? And
1: okay. nothing, other than in my mind, I just like it here. Yeah. Um. I like the bread, <laughs> and I like, I like the mediocre steaks. The thing is, Outback, the steak is not great, but it's like, it's still as good as it should be. But then that that's also a problem for me in that I am Hindu, and so like. Why do I like coming out back and eating steaks? I don't know, man. You know, it's 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 a conundrum. This place, but I just like it. Yeah. I just do like it. So I'm glad that you've come. You've uh, you know you you didn't say no. We're in New York. I'm not going to Outback Steakhouse. Also, we're in New York. So to go to the Outback Steakhouse in New York City is unacceptable.
0: <laughs> okay. So why is it unacceptable? But you still do it.
1: Well, why is it unacceptable? Yeah. I feel like, hey, we're in New York. This is a great uh, city for food, restaurants. Um, Manhattan obviously has like all these amazing restaurants. And now Brooklyn, and I mean everywhere, right? It has all these, like Queens, and they all have these like local places with local flavor. And I chose to go to this corporate, <laughs> neoliberal, uh, you know, this <laughs> this is a bad place. I mean, you know.
0: I'm excited. I haven't been to an Outback Steakhouse, I think, since I was maybe 10 or 11. Yeah. Uh, when my mom saw a commercial for a Bloomin' Onion, and she was like, uh, we should go see what that's about. And that's, the I think, the only time we went as a family. So now, this is this is totally new to me.
1: I never get the blooming Onion but. Mm-hmm. Would you want to get it, Kenny's just, <laughs> just to just to get it? We we can get. Are you in? Onion. Are you easy. into that? Can I ask you a question? The sure. blooming onion is huge. Is there like a half a blooming onion? We have a personal a mini? size. Yeah. Like let's Ooh. let's let's split like a personal sized one. Yes. Yeah.
0: It's like this size. Um.
1: That's good enough. Be
0: perfect. Right, yeah. Put that right in for you. All right. All right. You. We'll Thank do you.
1: that. Now that's <laughs> I normally don't do that. Okay. So that's sort of like we're now this is going off the
0: <laughs> the <laughs> syllabus okay. uh,
1: that I normally have for my Outback Steakhouse. Nice. Um, and also, I changed it up. Can he, uh I feel like I would normally not do an iced tea, but mm. you sort of inspired me.
0: I love iced tea, man. I'm to see. If, they said that the raspberry uh, iced tea is a little bit sweeter than regular, just plain old New England unsweetened tea. So we'll see. It is. It is.
1: It's almost sickly sweet. It I is. think. It
0: is like a child. <clears throat> yeah, uh, you know that's what you get here. But you he st- kids would like I still have a great time <laughs> by myself here. <laughs> The thing is, it's very reasonably priced. Like, there's an Applebee's near my apartment that I just moved into. Yeah. And after my friends helped me move, I took them to Applebee's. Uh, because we were like, what's close that we know is open that right. can seat us really quickly? Uh, and we were like, holy cow, for like 40 bucks, we all got like multiple things to eat and drinks. So, yeah, that's the problem
1: with... Um <laughs> You know, soulless corporate chains. <laughs> it's like, well, it, it's kind of affordable. Um, but it is bad. Look, guys, it is bad. But, um, you know, until uh, until we find a solution. Um, every now and then, come on. Yeah. You know what? Twice a month is that too much. <laughs> so you would say you come here twice a month? No, no, that's probably, you know, um, I guess <clears throat> about um, six weeks ago or so, uh, an old roommate of mine emailed uh forwarded an email to me letting me know about the 1099 deal Mm -hmm. and I have been going a little bit more often since then um I did okay so here's a couple of big big nights big days I came here right right. uh the day after the election I came to Outback Steakhouse because I I need something (laughs) um (laughs) all right so that you know Mm -hmm. that was a big one um I did mushrooms with a bunch of friends, and uh, against uh, um, one of our good friend's desires, the rest of us uh, vetoed him, and we went to Outback Steakhouse, and he's like, come on, this is the least natural thing in the world, and i he was not wrong, but... How
0: was the experience?
1: Oh, fantastic. We, we went up onto the rocks, uh, like kind of like uh, in New York, New York State, and... Um, you know, uh, just uh, reconnected with each other and uh, nature and um, you know, all the mushroomy feelings you get. And then, um, and then we came to Outback Steakhouse. It had some Bloomin' Onions, boys, and, uh, and okay, so that was a, a time, uh, New Year's last year, <laughs> me and my girlfriend came to Outback Steakhouse. Nice. Um, my, both my girlfriend and I are sober, we don't drink, and uh, we came to Outback Steakhouse. And then uh, and then we, we don't go to... We're not like uh, AA people. We don't do that um, as far as like, um, you know, whatever, being sober. But we did decide to go to... That that night we went to an AA meeting uh, after Outback <laughs> for, you know, the weirdest New Year's ever. And, like an and I, yeah, I don't know if that will be a tradition. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're going to do that again this year, but... And then um, I worked on a, a TV show... Uh, kind of when I first moved to New York, I was a little fortunate and got that gig. And when we wrapped, uh, after the rap party, my girlfriend and I came to Outback <laughs> So, you know, it's been there for me throughout nice. my life. It's, it's been a, uh, um, a comfort and a, uh, a treat, a celebration, a place to uh, console myself, mourn. It's, it's, it's had a lot of uh, purposes.
0: So okay, we kind of heard what the 10.99 meal is. Uh, What do you normally get?
1: Yeah, I always get a um, uh, the six-ounce sirloin, okay, um, medium. Uh, Now, when I was younger, I would I would do things well done,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, and over time, I went from medium well, Mm -hmm. and now I'm at medium. I don't think I'll I don't think I think this will be it for me. I'm in my 30s. I don't see myself uh, heading any closer to rare. And uh, with that, you can get like a salad or uh, um, you know some kind of uh, potato. I usually yeah. get the uh, house salad, no onions, with some ranch. Okay. And uh, you always get a, a piece of bread. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I've uh, now uh, getting older. I, I when I was younger, I'd knock back three of these things. Uh, now that I'm older, A, I don't think they're as good as right. I did when I was young. Yeah. I don't know if they're just not as good or if, like, I'm like, oh, this just isn't that good bread. But um, I'll have one max. And yeah. uh, and that's, yeah, and that's the meal. And sometimes I'll just do a little bit of writing and stuff, too, while I'm here. Nice. And uh, that's kind of my experience.
0: I can't believe they have a Bloomin' Onion for one. This makes me so happy.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't know that existed. So yeah. I, I'm, I don't do the Bloomin' Onion, um... Unless the folks with me want it My girlfriend would never choose to get it I never choose to get it So that this is a bit of a This is a treat, so I'm excited
0: Nice, so you mentioned that yeah. you had a show here uh, Do you want to tell the listeners Who may not be familiar with you and what you do A little bit about that show How that process happened And even oh, how sure. I met you
1: Well, I, I think I met you um, I had moved to New York pretty Recently when I met you It was, uh like October two thousand fourteen, maybe it was November when I came in, uh, came to Boston, mm-hmm. and you had uh, a little party that I guess through you know comedians' uh, friends I, I ended up at. Oh, uh, Chris, right? Chris was at your party.
0: Chris Post. Chris Post. Oh, nice. And and Whoa. oh, thanks, man.
1: And through, uh, and I, I ended up crashing with Chris Post through. A friend sort of like just asked Chris if I could crash with him, and Chris is a great guy. And he was like, "Yeah, dude, you can." I can't do his 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 <laughs> voice, but he has a great voice. It's uh, very specific. Yeah, he was like, "Yeah, man, you can you can crash. I got a little uh, extra room." And then so I was with him at your party, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if I've ever been to a party where the host had. Uh, the etiquette and hospitality that you were showing everyone. It reminded me of the way uh, my parents kind of throw a party. You made sure everybody was comfortable. You handed out hors d'oeuvres, snacks, beverages. You were just very kind of uh, uh, a host who was really, you know, wanting everyone to be comfortable, which maybe then that's why you're also good at, uh, you know, maybe hosting this podcast as well.
0: i hope i am uh we'll see they'll replace me Um, on my own podcast it'll be great Uh, so you just took a bite of the blooming onion yeah tell me about how it tastes i mean you know it's just fried (laughs) it's
1: just fried with um you know this sauce who knows what it is but all of it's bad for you but i mean like you want to eat it yeah your brain wants to eat it even though you're like well this isn't even great but but so good I mean the blooming onion is a real uh It's like a great metaphor for Outback Steakhouse as well as the uh economic system that we have here in America where uh you know they just create false desires in us mm-hmm. and then they satiate them uh, by giving us crap we don't need. Yes. So and that's the blooming onion. Oh. One day we'll have a better system, but until then, you know, you got to enjoy it, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, try to destroy it from within somehow. So, um, yeah, and that was for the Bo- Boston Comedy Festival. And uh, that was a great... I, I, I won. I appreciate uh, you mentioning that. And that was a pretty... Uh, yeah, that was kind of big for me. I had uh, just moved to New York, you know, doing well that festival. Now, uh, you know, all these competitions, you don't want to go too crazy from them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to win does feel cool and a little validating and stuff and make you think, well, hey, maybe I'm on, I'm, I'm, I'm on the right track and all that. Mm-hmm. And then I had, before Boston had happened, I had auditioned for this, this gig, right, for this thing on Fuse TV. I didn't know anything really what it was and what it wasn't. I didn't think much of it. I would just gotten in New York, mm-hmm. I auditioned. I was like, cool, I did an audition. Hey. Do
0: that. Would you guys like to put an order or are you guys okay for now? Um, I mean
1: I can it's it. up to you
0: you put in the order and by the time you say what you want I will know what I will eat are you
1: sure because we totally can take sure. time uh, I'm going to do this six ounce uh, sirloin medium the
0: sirloin medium yeah sure and you get uh, do you want to do the no worries the walkabout Wednesday or yeah uh, well, sure and um, your side
1: can I do a house salad no onions house salad with ranch onion. sauce
0: ranch no onions perfect Oh, wow. I just saw uh, that the crispy chicken sandwich uh, has essentially 1,200 calories. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about calories at some point. <laughs> I just realized, wow, okay. Um,
1: but if you do the steak or the chicken, it's not crazy. Okay, I'll do
0: the chicken. The chicken? Yeah. The grilled chicken on the barbie? Uh, Yes. No problem. And veggies okay? Uh, yes. Perfect. Please. please. Put them right
1: in for you, folks. Thank you so much. You're like this is like the <laughs> the blooming onions are nuts. The bread is not great. Butter is not good for you. But
0: yeah.
1: if you just do like the protein in the salad or a vegetable, it's not yeah. terrible. Mm-hmm.
0: That, I try not to look at the calories. Uh, just oh, I, I
1: always look at the calories.
0: Really?
1: Yeah, I log them. Mm-hmm.
0: Would you say you're a
1: healthy eater normally? Um, like, I like to be a healthy eater. I'm moving in with my girlfriend soon.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's going to make things a lot easier. Like, right now I have, you know, a bunch of roommates, and, like, the kitchen area is not always, like, the cleanest. And then right. if you want to cook and be, you know, healthier, then it's like you got to do someone else's cleaning mm. to then and then do what you want to do. And it's like kind of becomes a pain. So yeah. I think uh, once I'm, once I've moved... I'll be able to sort of uh, eat out less and eat things uh, a little bit healthier she's she's pretty healthy so
0: nice yeah and did you meet her
1: while you were doing comedy or before well I met her in New York so actually oh. well let me tell you that that will get to that actually so I um, I, I auditioned for this gig right okay didn't think much of it and I was like, cool, hey, I did an audition. That's yeah. great. I don't, you know, I have an audition for a ton of things. I'd never read stuff from a prompter before. Right. And then I got a call back and I was like, oh, wow, hey, how cool. Yeah. So I did the callback, and then a friend of mine who knew the producer was like, oh, yeah, man, uh, I talked to her at some party or whatever, and, like, your name came up, and they really like you. Oh, cool. Cross your fingers. And I was like, I can't believe it. And then, you know... By the end of the year, I had heard back, like, oh, you! I got the gig, and I'll start in January. So, like, you know, kind of like Boston happening and getting this job, my first job ever in comedy and a TV job. Uh, I was like, oh, man, <laughs> I'm not going to die in a ditch.
0: I'm all right.
1: Life's going to be all right. Was that,
0: your, was that your concern that you were going to die in a ditch?
1: Well, it's my primary concern okay. right now, too. So, um yeah, you know, I mean, well, you know, comedy is a little scary, yeah. and um, and it's hard. And New York is exciting, but it's there's so many funny comedians, there's so many funny people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, you, you you know, I don't know. I came to New York, and I was really excited and fun, but then there is also this sort of like rush of fear and anxiety that kind of takes hold for a certain period, kind of after the initial. Just excitement—it kind of wears off. Just like that, you know, just that feeling like, "Whoa, what? am, what am I doing? <laughs> this, is, this is crazy." Um, and I'm, I feel like I'm in a good place now. But so anyway, that that job, that job was great. So my co-host on the on the show—I had a co-host, and her name was Grace Para. And uh, Grace was, uh, I guess, telling all her friends because they had gone through a, a lengthy process to uh, find a co-host, right? right. And uh, when they found me, she was telling all her kind of friends, uh, Grace uh, went to college at Columbia University. Mm -hmm. Uh, She'd lived in L.A. for a long time, but she was back in New York telling all her Columbia friends, you know, we're going through this process, but I think we found the guy. He's great. He's funny. I mean, this is Grace saying all this stuff. Uh, I like him. And my girlfriend is Grace's friend. And my girlfriend said to Grace, well, what's his story as yeah. far as uh, his availability for uh, hot dates and um, Grace was like well uh, I think Grace probably said something like I think he's down to fuck but like I don't know <laughs> if he's looking for a relationship because that's just how she is but um nice. but so she told me about uh, Caitlin who is my girlfriend now mm-hmm. uh, so you already know how it ended but <laughs> I my initial response was I was just like you know we, I just got to New York um I'm doing a job that I've never done before, yeah. I, you know I think we gotta focus on that i don't I don't know about me, like trying to meet someone and, you know it was um her friend, so i I thought like oh i don't I don't wanna uh you know, I just felt like that that was like a little bit more high stakes to right. meet her, yeah. but then I was just super lonely <laughs> then like Saturday night came around, I was just super lonely, and so then uh the next day at work, I was like, oh, yeah, I want to meet your friend. And then uh, I met, I did meet her, and now it's been two years. So, yeah, uh, that was, you know, that show was so great in so many ways for me. Yeah.
0: So, do you want to tell the listeners what the show was? or?
1: Sure, the show was called White Guy Talk Show. And it was a show on Fuse TV where we were, um, you know, looking at pop culture and the news and all that stuff. But, especially at that time... And I mean, even still, you know, all the talk shows on TV, late night talk shows are all straight white men. Mm-hmm. And so this was sort of a, uh, kind of like commenting on that just by existing, you know, like, uh, Hey, here's something different. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, you know, I, 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 enjoyed my time on there. Um, I got to work with, uh, Grace, who was great. Uh, another good friend of mine is Jenny Hagel, who's like a writer at Seth Meyers now. And mm-hmm. my friend, um, uh, uh, Eric Cunningham And uh, Phoebe Robinson And uh, Owen Bates were all writers And they were all cool to work with And uh, Brian McCann was the showrunner And he's like a legend, he's from Conan So that was cool, And you know I, <laughs> I don't know. You know, n- not everything about the show is maybe exactly how I how I would do it now. Right. Um, I don't. You know, I don't know for me if that's like even maybe exactly the title I would go with. Right. I also don't even know if like uh, I'm really a, a talk show guy mm-hmm. because uh, I've learned about myself. I don't. Thanks Thank so much, you're dude. You're uh, like, Canise, this is great. I like hanging out with you one on one, and I like you as a person. I don't know if I generally care about celebrities mm-hmm. at all. In fact, I find them kind of like Outback Steakhouse for the most part. Um, no, not even, right? I I guess um, I just generally don't care about them. Right. Also, I don't know if I really can take... I mean, the news is fine, but I don't know if I enjoy doing, like, monologue-style jokes about the news, and I don't care about pop culture. So, like... Uh, I also kind of hate people in large groups. <laughs> <laughs> so like Yeah, you not a
0: lot of things that Yeah, not
1: make make you not good at being a talk show host. So um, but you know, you live and you learn. Yeah. And uh, and it was it was it was a good experience though. So nice. um, yeah, I'm, I'm and <clears throat> like I said, I, I met my girlfriend uh, through it who's the the best thing in the world.
0: So you moved to New York from Chicago? Mhm. So How did you get started in the Chicago comedy scene?
1: So I had already been doing comedy in the Detroit scene. Mostly, um, starting out mostly uh, doing improv and sketch. They used to have a second city in Detroit that eventually moved to the suburbs of Detroit, Novi. So I did a lot of improv and sketch. And eventually I started doing stand-up. And uh, it wasn't until I got to Chicago though that I realized I saw, like, the way a lot of the Chicago stand-ups approach stand-up, which was, like, every night hitting it hard. And that's when I was like, oh, you work really hard at this to do stand-up. And I sort of adopted that mentality. Mm -hmm. And over time, you know, when I first got to Chicago, I still did um, classes at the Annoyance, and I was doing I.O., and I I was doing some sketch shows and things. Over time, that faded, and it was just stand-up every night. So um, Chicago stand-up is sort of where I feel my stand-up roots come from. But uh, I have a lot of love for the Detroit comedy scene because I have uh, friends who have come from there, and I also have friends who are still there. And it's a great place.
0: Nice. I'm going to pause the recording so you can eat your salad. So now we've eaten. Do you feel sated?
1: Well, we've eaten. We've talked about the end of uh, America (laughs) and the world. And um, what, what was the question? Do I feel...
0: Feel, like, say you're full, you're good. Oh, I'm full. You're full. Okay. Yeah, I'm also very full of um, food and fear. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to talk a little bit? Uh, you guys missed out on our fantastic conversation about uh, the state of politics in the world. Uh, but do you want to talk a little bit about the specific fears that you're facing at the moment?
1: Oh, some of the stuff we just talked about. Oh, I mean, I, I guess I am a little uh, troubled by the the. Uh, rise of white nationalism and, uh, you know, alt-right or if you want to uh, call them Nazis, I'm not going to fight anyone on that either, um, in that um, you know they have, I think, identified certain valid uh, problems with uh, the world in America and sort of how, uh, I guess, like neoliberal policies have um, affected people uh i think a lot of people all over have seen these problems uh and then they came up with the scariest solution uh possible which is let's just be fascists and uh you know uh stick to your race and um i don't know where it will lead i'm 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 it, it that that does trouble me and then uh Sort of a lot of those movements, kind of happening all over the world, yeah. is scary too. It's not just a an America thing. Um, and then I, I, then I, my mind, imagines like another crusades happening where it's like Nazis versus <laughs> ISIS. Yeah. With um, uh, sadly, uh, the Hindus are with the the Nazis. It's a bummer. You know, <laughs> I wish they would do their own thing. I guess, but uh, <laughs> you know, if there's a fight to be had, uh, Hindus do not like Muslims, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, man, that that's like the <laughs> that's that's the sad. That's the, I mean, this bread was good
0: though. The bread was
1: good. I mean, mediocre, but you know, yeah, it was I mean, good. It's good enough. That's yeah. like at Outback, everything's good enough. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, it's, a, it's softer. It's a little bit sweeter. Plus the butter, I take it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Have you? While you've been doing comedy, noticed a shift in audiences, like after the election, before the election, over the last couple of years?
1: I, you know well, if I for me maybe the biggest shift is just going from Chicago, which is um, especially the road work you would do is you know mostly white audiences, and coming to New York, which you know New York is very multiracial. Yeah. Um, I think that for me was maybe a bigger shift instead of performing for predominantly all white audiences uh, when I'm on the road or whatever performing for a more diverse crowd and maybe a younger crowd in New York often. Um, but, you know, Chicago, like, a lot of the shows were were uh, pretty mixed. But New York is, an, is another level of, of everything, I guess. Um, and then, I don't know, I mean, you know, uh, things do seem a little bit more sensitive nowadays. Uh, as far as people do think about speech and how things affect people, but I don't know. For me, I you know I've been growing as a human being the whole time I've been doing comedy, and um, I'm just not interested in the things that I was interested in, or I don't even know if I was if I was interested in them when I was younger. I just didn't know how to maybe do and talk about things that I actually want to, which you're still always trying to move towards, um, you know, being the comedian you. Wish you could be right. um, So well, now I've lost myself uh, in my answer, and't not sure if I'm really uh, responding to your question.: uh,
0: no, like you've, you've definitely let me know like how the changes that you've seen and what affected those. Uh, what were some of the things that you wanted to talk about before that you feel better uh, capable of talking about now?
1: Um, I think the things that, you know, we're kind of talking about while we were on a little bit of a break uh, from from recording, I think those are things that really interest me, and I'm just now maybe um, getting my toes wet trying to talk about them. Um, things that are sort of, uh, I don't know, kind of like... Uh, I don't know if it's political, because I, I really don't have much interest in, like... Um, figures for the most part or like you know so and so said this and like but I I am interested in things as like real larger movements or uh ideologies or forces and that stuff does interest me so um yeah uh I guess some you know kind of bigger bigger topics or um more philosophical type topics um are, are interesting to me. And, and then, I mean, I guess what I've been also... Uh, I also still love is family stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, I love talking about my dad because he's so funny to me and he's just an interesting character to me. And, mm-hmm. um, now, you know, now that my girlfriend's in my life, I think she's a real creep, so I like talking about her, <laughs> yeah. Does he, is she cool with you talking about her? Yeah, she's great. My girlfriend is great. My girlfriend is... Um, she's very smart. And she's, uh, she's legit funny, so, like, she... She, she, you know, I steal jokes from her, and uh, she listens to a lot of my sets, probably uh, the majority of my sets she listens to, and she'll give me what she thinks, feedback, ideas, uh, and you know, if I call her a a monster, a creep, she thinks that's funny, so, um, yeah, she's great. I... I'm lucky. I, I lucked out with my family and my girlfriend, so, uh, you know, the world is a nightmare, yeah. And uh, but I feel lucky that I have uh, a nice little island <laughs> to watch everything burn from.
0: Yeah. That's all we can ask for. Yeah. Exactly. Do you think you'll live in New York for the long haul?
1: I, yeah, I mean, I don't have any sort of plans to leave anytime soon. I mean, my desire is to do an album at the end of next year, okay. to do a comedy album, and to get better at stand-up comedy and uh, after the album, to get better at stand-up comedy. I mean, I think this is the place to be if you want to be a good stand-up comedian. That's kind of what I always wanted. I've sort of um, let go a lot of uh, things that I thought I really did want when I first got to New York or when I was leaving Chicago as far as like oh man, I want JFL. I want uh, to do a late night spot. I want to do a half hour. I just, you know, those are things you can't control and I just want to focus on the stuff that I, I can do right. and get better, so the album is uh, good for that because um, there's nothing stopping me from making that happen other than making it happen yeah. so that's it, that's the focus just do an album and then get better and do another one, I guess nice.
0: yeah. All right. um, I had a question, I lost it Alicia, edit this out Uh, Alicia's my editor, in case you're like, who the hell's Alicia. Hey, Alicia. uh, Yeah, you can say anything, Alicia. uh, Oh,
1: Alicia. um, I don't know. I'm sorry that I'm being so grim about certain (laughs)
0: things. (laughs) He's fine.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm fine. I'm not saying anything Canise doesn't also feel. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think that uh, in addition to uh, white nationalism, we've got this weird strain of like, no, we're dudes, and... uh, we're still correct about everything. Like It's like this weird, like, oh, I thought we were over this. Right, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> well, you know, yeah, just, it's interesting, too, how uh, for a lot of sort of structures and, and, and institutions to work, women can't be equal. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's a lot of, like, uh, vested interest from a lot of different powerful Sort of institutions and people For women to, to not uh, Be treated equally yeah. and, and have all the same opportunities Like, I, you know, I never really Thought about this, but um, If you cut, like, let's say um, Medicare And, um, you know Programs for children and programs For the elderly and programs for Disabled people and programs for You know, like, so just social uh, Programs What the the people that end up taking care of those people yeah. are women mm-hmm. uh, and that's you know the 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 reasons for that are i think are pretty um, complex exactly right. but so at the end of the day cutting cutting those programs you don't even think like oh that's something that affects women per se but like that totally does yeah. because those are the people that protect that that take care of those people or right. that that take on those roles so like uh then, yeah, this woman can't have the same career she might have had because she's also taking care of her parents. Right. And that's, like, not cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, why are we cutting these programs? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Who's the country for? Who's the government for? Yeah. Who, You know, it, it can't just be all about um, business interests. Right. It's yeah. not right.
0: It's, it's so strange how the people who are also super affected by this are voting against it like that's a thing that like deeply unsettles me and also like makes me worry about what people are valuing so like you hate brown people more than you love your sick grandma like that like the mental gymnastics required to yeah. say like i'm going to vote republican even though i am a beneficiary of all of these programs boggles my mind
1: yeah i mean the coalition they built that... I, I don't want to take away from what you're saying. I hear you say, uh, you know, I hate brown people. I don't know if those folks really view it as that or it, there's this... Maybe that is the end-up repercussion of it or maybe that is what's in the, the back of their head. I don't know. But there definitely is this thing of, like, hey, we're a white race and, um, you know, they've somehow been to build this sort of alliance... Uh, through that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, to, to, like you say, vote against your interests is a, a thing people seem to just constantly do. Because yeah. um, I definitely think, I mean, Bernie's programs, obviously, but like even Hillary's uh, economic uh, programs would have been a lot more beneficial to most working class people than right. what. We're gonna get
0: yeah.
1: I, you know what's so sneaky about Trump though? I don't think he's a dumb guy. It's so sneaky, and he doesn't have dumb people around him. These, these are real monsters, man, <laughs> <laughs> is like the like that carrier thing. They saved some jobs, but then like if you read in the articles and all of them, they say, "And we're gonna you know re-regulate some corporate things and
0: mm.
1: you know." But that's what I'm interested too. I don't understand exactly how the mix of these like kind of traditional Republicans who I think are basically for the status quo um, in business interests and then the these like alt right Nazis <laughs> yeah. how they mix together because the the Nazis don't like uh, that stuff. Yeah. Un- uh, unless unless their leaders do and they're and they're even tricking just their sort of core of psychopaths um, I don't I don't know how they all are gonna work out together um, my my not fear is but I guess I, I just think that the um, the you know just like with <laughs> I'm sounding so crazy just like with just like with Hitler um, you you know I think they think they can control the the white nationalist sort of sentiment, and they the the sort of more like Mitt Romney moderate Republican types think that they can use it, um, you know, to to continue on with the sort of business that they've been doing, and I don't think they will be able to,
0: uh,
1: in the long, well, even in the medium run, um, because that sort of passion and um, we've just seen time and time throughout history, it. It, it, it just keeps building and growing, and it destroys everything in its past until it runs out or, I guess, blows everything up. So I, I'm i just freaked out now. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, so we have gone uh, down an unhappy path. What is something that you are happy about in the future? Uh,
1: in the future, what am I happy about? I mean, really, if we can colonize space, it'll be really helpful. Because I think it will really be, like, the one solution to us not destroying each other. Um, Because if you can, if you can, like, this is pretty far away. (laughs) But I don't know, Elon Musk is doing things. But um, I got to read more about that guy. But, you know, if you could go to space... Well, you could just go with the people who believe what you believe yeah. and just not ever talk to the people who don't. And I mean, obviously, your your little society would change. but like how interesting to think of like, hey, there's this there's a planet somewhere, yeah. and it's just made of people like me and you, Kinesa, who are like, everyone should, I want everyone, and I want, I, I don't care, I don't, you know, it doesn't matter what your, your race is, and your, you know, like, it's, it's, it, it, it does matter, but it, yeah. it's not going to stop us from living together. Right. And we're, we're starting from that base point. Yeah. And then what does that civilization look like in a hundred years? And then on the other side of the universe... You have people who are like, "No, man, you gotta look like me," <laughs> yeah. and then I don't know what their civilization looks like in a hundred years, but, but they wouldn't mess with us because it just wouldn't be worth it.
0: I don't know, man. I, the, the way you were describing that, I was thinking definitely and. It, You can call me a dork if you want to But I was thinking like Star Trek Federation Versus like the Romulan Alliance (laughs) Like No sure right? They they, they started shit with the Federation But
1: in my my mind The way I'm viewing it is Is if we could get to that point Then that means that we have Found out how to get off the planet Colonize a planet Or or terraform a planet And it just wouldn't be worth the effort (laughs) To go attack someone because there's a limitless number of planets. It's infinite. And so, you really have no need. Like, what's the point? You could just go, you can just, you can just colonize another planet. Why would you, you know, the, the resources it would take to. Now, other than, it, then that would really show you what kind of a species human beings are. If at that point, still we warred against each other.
0: It's like your resources are closer than a whole other planet, so I'm just gonna take
1: your resources. I mean, at that point, it's just like, God, we are the worst. (laughs) Which we might be. Right? That's the problem with us. We have pieces of the worst in us, and then I love my girlfriend, so, you know, I don't know.
0: So, before space colonization, what are some things personally that you're looking forward to, like, in your life? Uh, in my life, you mean technology things, or you mean
1: like future things? Anything. Oh, I mean, I'm moving in with my girlfriend next week, and nice. I'm, I'm so excited about it. It's, you know, um, I've never lived with a, a partner before, and, like, I, my girlfriend... Is like my partner, man. She helps me. She's she, you know. I I I just like her, <laughs> and so um, I'm super excited for us to live together and create our own space. Yeah. We bought a bunch of uh, those light bulbs that can change color. Yeah, I mean that we only, you know, we're staring a studio apartment, so it's <laughs> yeah. only four light bulbs. But like <laughs> that, we got a real kick out of doing it, no. and um, that was exciting. You know, we we have like similar sort of little interest uh, and we're excited to... she Because right now she's doing her last classes uh, of her PhD program and then after that she'll just be writing her dissertation. So she's been super busy, but after this uh, winter break then she'll have more time and um, yeah, I'm excited for us to maybe go on like a road trip. We've talked about maybe going from uh, San Francisco up to uh, Portland and maybe I'll do shows along the way and she has friends that she'd like to see. Um... And I just got my driver's license back after eight years. I'm not having a driver's license, ah. so uh, I'm excited to drive. And um, but yeah, that's that'd be exciting. I'm excited to go home for the holidays and see my family. And uh, you know, like, um, our kind of like a makeshift extended uh, Indian family here in America. You know, which is like consists of my parents. Um, uh... close friends that you know that uh... they made forty years ago when yeah. they came to america and uh... we've had some things in that little community uh... somebody passed away so you know we're all really like valuing and realizing how important that sort of ex- that that's sh- that's um... friendship those friendships have been as a ex- you know like a makeshift extended family for us all and and we all want to see each other and so i'm excited for that and um, I'm just excited to do comedy right now. I'm, I'm really enjoying... I mean, I'm just not doing anything uh, glorious or, or, or fancy, but I'm, I'm going out to open mics a lot. I'm doing little shows. Uh, you know, I'm trying to get on the road more, and uh, my buddy David Drake is here too, and we're little comedy buddies just hitting it hard and, you know, just trying to be better and, and, and yeah. talk about the things we want to talk about and um, just doing it. Uh, like actually, I really feel like more than ever, I'm actually like enjoying the journey of, of doing it yeah. as like, I don't know. Uh, it's fun, it's, yeah. I really like doing comedy, it's fun. Yeah. It's a real fun thing and like it's fun to meet people like you and like the scene, there's so many fun, great people, yeah. So, around me, everything is on fire, but I, I I am kind of enjoying my life, but, I mean, we'll see how long that will be allowed to continue. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it is, it, is, it is scary to think of, like, all right, what things do we take for granted could get taken away? I don't want to take us down, like, a super sad yeah,
1: I mean, path. But I mean, go ahead if you need to, or I if you, you know. know, tell me what you're saying.
0: Uh, Just, like, all right, so... I mean, I've, I've never been pregnant, but say I were to get pregnant and I don't want to have a kid, like, will I have the option of not having a kid? Or, like, crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's your life. It's my uterus, but, like, no, no. We've decided what, bro- like, just basic things like that, like, huh. All right. So, like, I have a lot of friends who are getting IUDs now yeah. because they're like, we don't know what's going to happen.
1: I've so. been hearing more and more, I yeah. feel like um, comedians talk about that on stage. Uh, I feel like that's the second or third time I've heard about <laughs> getting an IUD before, like, the IUD window closes. Yeah. Jeez. They're like,
0: before insurance stops covering it because yeah. they can affect insurance policies and that sort of thing. So it's like, huh. Or, like, am I just. Would I become unwitting... not unwittingly, but like. I'm super lucky to live in now the largest city in America. And all right, there'd still probably be, even if it wasn't uh, like governmental, there'd be some sort of gray market access to things. Uh, But yeah, like, how do I help people who have like not even gray or black market access to this stuff? So a depressing thing I'm thinking about okay <laughs> we, <laughs> we should fight. cut that out <laughs> no I don't know why you gotta cut that out I mean it's so true and real I like it it's like oh okay Well, I don't know how to or like um, who can like is there someone I can just like bug the shit out of to make this not happen like me as an individual probably not but like as whatever okay. um, no it's such a hard
1: I man it is such a hard thing what do you do yeah. what do you do you know do, do you you called the representative over and over again Yeah,
0: called some i've written some like, yeah but it, but yeah
1: yeah it's so and then sometimes it's like
0: you know on, on
1: the sometimes i feel like right you you, you want to fight for those those things Yeah. Uh, and then you're like also a part of me's like yeah i'm a stormtrooper on the death star
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like like you know what i mean the whole thing is like Shady, that yeah. And uh and it's not like there's no rebels, it's just other Death Stars. You know, like I said, there's maybe Okinawa is is like they're cool.
0: Why is that one why is that one place cool?
1: I don't think Okinawa like does anything to anyone. Like you know I mean I think they legit just like do their thing. And I don't even know if that's true. It's just from Karate Kid.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> it's my image of Okinawa from Karate Kid But like you know I don't like I think America does a lot of bad... Like, the ideals of America are great. We do a lot of bad, bad, bad things to other countries. But, like, ISIS is bad. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, you know, India does bad things. Pakistan does bad things. Um, Cuba does bad things. Like, they're all bad. They're all bad. Like, And, and, you know, if some of them had more power, they would be more bad than they even are. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of by default the worst because we have the most power. Right. So I'm a stormtrooper. And I'm like, well, I mean, I, I look cool. <laughs>
0: Those outfits are sick. <laughs> you
1: know what I mean? And that's how they get us. <laughs> that's, like a, that's like a big way of them getting us. They're like, we give you guys really cool outfits. And we're like, yeah. But like, you know, how do you get out of being a stormtrooper when you're on it? Like, I don't know. Um you know, I don't know. I patched my jeans, nice. so I didn't buy new jeans. Yeah. You know, did yeah. I put that put a dent in? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Um, but then, I mean, so that's a different thing. But yeah, you know, the changes you can affect even here at home. I don't know how to do it, but there is. I mean, that's that's lazy on me too, though. By on some part, right? I mean, like people went to Standing Rock, yeah, and they did do something, yeah, good. So w- I need to go wherever those veterans are going. Let's just follow them. Those guys do seem good. Those guys and gals. We got to
0: find people we de- we deem to be the good guys and just like follow the good guys.
1: Yeah. They, that was good. That does seem good. That's, I, I keep hoping like somehow that will turn into some kind of like bigger movement. Yeah. And, and do something. Cause it's just like, that's one thing about veterans, man. Uh, uh, they're good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when when they're like that, like, yeah. like you you can It's hard for anyone to argue with them. Yeah. Like you know, white nationalists are gonna have a hard time when someone's like, "Yeah, dude, I fought in wars, yeah. and I think you, what you're doing is bad."
0: Yeah,
1: that's like, oh, good. That's like a that's the type of leaders. Like you're like, yes, we need those yeah. type of leaders. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm. Well, I'm eating here at Outback, so I'm not
0: healthy. <laughs> <laughs> the food was—it was pretty good. I, I liked the food here. It's, fine. Yeah. So
1: it's so fine.
0: But I've been like. I've been to so many, like, local, like, some of the restaurants you we were talking about at first, like, these are, like, small neighborhood family, blah, 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 and I've eaten just garbage. Like, they did not care about it. They handed you, like, a pile of slop, and we're like, we're not wiping the table off or anything. Oh, no. So, like, <laughs> part of me is like, well, I mean, yes, that money goes to a family, but a family that doesn't seem to give a shit about the <laughs> restaurant that they own, right. versus this, we're like, all right, the flavors are all... Acceptable across the country, yeah. And like, that's exactly what yeah. it is. <laughs> like, yeah. So I, I don't mind outback. I'll probably eat at the Applebee's by my house again. Uh, it's fine. Um, yeah. You
1: will. Because the fact that you went there after your move and it was just easy and convenient, you're like, yeah, you're gonna be at that Applebee's again.
0: Yeah. They also have four dollar wine. Oh, great. Yeah, it's perfect. You wouldn't necessarily take advantage, of it, but it's a good. Yeah, it's, but can, It's a good I price. I value when yeah. I hear it. <laughs> Alright, so one thing uh, I ask people, uh, we're getting closer to the end, uh, if you were to ever leave New York City, uh, well you'd have access to Outback across the country, sure. but what places would you miss, like what locations that people can go check out?
1: What, what would I miss in New York? Um, geez, let's see, you know there's this great little um, cafe, coffee place across the street from where I live uh, in Brooklyn called CeeLo. Cafe, and uh, I go there a ton, and I and I love those people. Um, that was that was another option I might have I might have mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, but I thought this was <laughs> I thought this was silly and uh, but true. Um, so Silo Cafe is great, um, uh, like at Bushwick and Ainsley um, in Brooklyn, and um, what else do I really love? I'm a little, I have a hard time with these kind of things. I mean, the sh- the show that we do at the gutter, that's become like a really important thing for me, um, CYSK at the gutter on Wednesdays. And then I do a show Tuesdays once a month at Friends and Lovers, and so that that place has become kind of important for me. But I don't know. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry, you, I, You know what? I'm just, I'm not having that kind of, I don't want to be dishonest and, and just say places. Yeah, yeah. That That's sense. it. It's Outback and those three places.
0: <laughs> Nothing else. New York, you're like, bye, forget it forever.
1: You're fine, New York. You're, you're great. But, you know, nice. you're just, you're, you're, um, I, I don't think of you in uh, all these little individual um, pieces. You're, right. you're, you're just a, this big concept to me.
0: <laughs> it's not a bad concept. New York it's pretty cool um, New York is, it's an exciting New York is so
1: God it is so great and so brutal at the same time <laughs> Oh so it's so like it's so exciting and there's so much happening and there's such a creative energy here and there's opportunities that just do not happen anywhere else and at the same time I mean sometimes I walk you know in New York and there's just so many people and I'm looking at all these people I'm like oh my god All of these people care about their lives the way I care about mine? That is too much. That's a lot of caring. That's so much caring. They all have mothers who care about them? That's too many disappointed mothers. That's just too much. There's just so many people, and it is so uh, difficult and crowded and expensive Mm -hmm. at times, at all times, uh, that it's just this kind of fascinating place to be, you know? I think
0: yeah I mean you chose you chose to come here uh I, that is one thing I do like about everyone I know who lives here uh I know very few people who are from New York Me so too. it's like it's this nice thing where it's like no we all chose to come here versus sheer inertia bringing us to this place so I love it
1: absolutely yeah we all yeah we have chosen to be here <laughs>
0: um okay so final question because uh, yeah we're getting close to the hour mark uh, what is either A, something people would be surprised to find out about you, or B, a deep dark secret you haven't told anybody? It doesn't have to be a dark secret, just like a secret that could be like a scoop.
1: Oh, man. Let's see. A scoop on me?
0: Yeah.
1: It might Alicia, it might take me a second to think about this. Or, so a scoop on me or um, or uh, just something people would be surprised to know about me? I mean... Uh, I have DUIs and stuff, but I talk about that on stage. It's not really a scoop or a secret. Um, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if this is a scoop or a secret. I just don't know if people realize this or they, they see me and they think this. I think I come off differently, but I hate... Being around people, like, I
0: do, yeah, I don't get that.
1: From yeah, more than five people is a nightmare. You know, it's just not. I don't like it, and maybe that's why I'm so fearful of groups of people um, doing things <laughs> because it's like not good ever. But um, you know, like when you're doing stand-up, it's it's kind of different because people say, but you like doing stand-up. They're not really. Uh, individuals at, yeah. at, in that sort of way they're like uh, one right. they're like you know of course there's like you know maybe some little uh, different sometimes even in an audience there's like kind of maybe a little kind of different pockets right. but it's not like you're dealing with 50 people
0: yeah.
1: being around 50 people like 50 individuals uh, sucks It sucks so bad I hate parties I hate being out at night Also it's because I don't drink anymore But like being in a bar Being around drunk people is just a complete nightmare And um, even just being around a lot of people Like I mean you can hear that behind us I'm sure I would hate that You know I would hate being part of that I'm just like God let me out of here So uh, I don't like people There you go Yeah. All
0: right. Scoop guys you heard it here Doesn't like people. Uh, Any final thoughts, things you want people to know about you or Outback Steakhouse?
1: All right. right, uh, About Outback Steakhouse, there's nothing really to know (laughs) that you don't already know about it, okay? Um, If you heard this and you're like, I don't want to go to Outback Steakhouse, you're right. (laughs) You are right. And if you're like, I want to go to Outback Steakhouse, yeah, it's fine, okay? (laughs) Um, About me, Soren Choksi, uh, I don't know. uh, I'm going to be... Doing comedy, and I'm going to keep going for it, and we're going to see what happens. And uh, I think you should keep listening to this podcast. is a wonderful host uh, in life and on the air.
0: I really appreciate that. And where can people find information about your show so they can see you do comedy? Uh,
1: You could go to uh, my website, com. I try to post uh, where I'll be performing at. There, so I don't. I'm kind of. a, I, I didn't even want to do Twitter or Facebook because I'm I'm sick of them and I think uh, they're they're doing something bad to human beings. So
0: I didn't even please tell me more about that. Just like it doesn't have to be a long <laughs> thing, but that's a, t- it's too interesting of a thing to say. Like this is doing something bad to people as a species.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think in a weird way, it's like training us to be these just little businesses, you know, where we care about. Our brand. I mean, when I feel like when I was younger, to talk about something like your brand, which is just like self-promotion, which is like advertising yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think most people are like oh, that sounds kind of gross. Yeah. And now people are like, hey, that's fine. <laughs> is it? I think it's gross. <laughs> I mean, but again, you're 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 a Starship Trooper, right? So it's like you don't know how do you how do you do it without it? I don't know. Yeah. But um. Um. There's something, at least the, you know, social networks, I think, can be a profoundly powerful tool for humans. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're using them in the best way. And uh, I don't know if, um, you know, <laughs> them reading our information and then advertising to us and us advertising from there is exactly the coolest way to use this. Right. Um Now, you know. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, saying that uh, you gotta get off of there. I mean, I still have my, my profiles and stuff. I'm just, I'm just taking a little bit of like a look at, at it all, and, and not really loving what it's become, and that, and that has nothing. And you know, I mean, people are kind of more, even, uh, more well aware than I am probably of the whole bubbles and you know that have affected the election and all that. But, I don't know, uh, just go to my website. <laughs>
0: Guys, go to his website. Well, this has been Person About Town, now I presented by Women Comedy Festival. Thanks so much for listening and go to Outback Steakhouse. Thanks. Bye. You know,
1: you know why was this was so good for me, Kennis? Is I think I've figured out how uh weird I've gotten. <laughs> what do <you> mean? <laughs> I don't think I've said all these things out loud to anybody. They've just been stewing in my head for like the last month or you know, two, three months or whatever. And
0: uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, I've gotten weird. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think any of this is weird.